Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike. McLean and Jay are here as well. Um, luckily, I'm not with them in person, or they would both be stabbing me at this very we're, moment. We're back again. We're back again. Yeah. So, folks, if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you will remember last uh, spring, we had a beautiful interview with Curtis Strange on here. Fortunately, we've had Curtis on a few times last year and well i forgot to record it and i may have just done that as well tonight after we talked for about 50 55 minutes of the podcast another ghost episode i was in the middle of just an amazing point bashing phil mickelson and mclean's waving at me like i was gonna drive off the road or something i don't know what i was doing he's like hey guys i don't see the record button on uh, because it wasn't it was not on so this episode will not be as good as the 55 minutes that we just did or it could be because now i've got to get another another glass of bourbon so. now you get another bourbon um that's bad if I, my memory serves me correctly you're on the buffalo trace tonight i am i'm on the buffalo okay. trace yeah. i i am on the winchester double oaked it's a gift Try to go with this cliff. This would be it might be a shorter episode, cliff notes yeah. version. Yeah. Um McLean's feeling bad. He's on water, which is again, we we had a long debate. Which is um, really weird. We're not gonna lie, but yeah, just trust us. This is an awkward, awkward thing for all of us, not just you, the <laughs> listener, but for us, um, the to, fellow fellow co-hosts that to repeat we've got, all of our well, that and, and McLean's just drinking water. Well, yeah, it's really just maintenance. I don't really feel bad. It's just pure, purely maintenance. You know, I mean, it's great. Again, I mean, it really is great has to you, hit the body shop. It's, it's normal. Maintenance. Do this. I mean, you've yeah. got to do it. Everyone's got to do it. And I'm not great at it. And that's why I'm still drinking Buffalo Trace on a Monday. But um, <laughs> you got to you, you, you've got to um, you've got to acknowledge when somebody just steps up and says, hey, you know, I need water tonight. Don't need Corona light. I don't need Buffalo Trace, which I don't know. Is that a real thing? Are there days that you don't need Corona light or Buffalo Trace? I don't. I don't <laughs> think so. But um, the fact that you are admitting it is awesome. It's hey man, good. sometimes you just got to step away, take a look at things in a different light. <laughs> you're, you're a bigger man. You're a bigger man than I thought. Yeah, you are. You are. You're good. As I take another sip of my Buffalo Trace. <laughs> I don't know if Mikey doesn't record this fucking episode. I'll be having a drink soon. The ghost episode three will will definitely feature a cocktail. No, a this, this one's recording. I can definitely tell you it's not going to be as good as the uh, previous discussion we just had. But we'll try to do it over for again for the listeners because we want to give you guys an episode. But it might be a little bit of cliff notes. Um, it could be good. Yeah, could be good. Could be bad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure we're selling it. But uh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Sep Straka. I worked on it earlier for the uh, listeners. Nice. Like well Sep or Seb? Seb like with a B. I, it's a P, Jay. It's definitely a P. Okay. I had Two some wise, wise friends tell me it's a P, and there's definitely no B sound. It's Sep Straka. Sep. Wins the Honda this week. First event, Austrian guy came here in his teenage years, played golf at UGA from the UGA Mafia there on tour. Seems like there's a million of them. Yeah, there out are there. a lot of them. 
That's a lot of them. That's a jeez. I'll tell you what. We didn't talk about this the first time, but I don't know who the coach is at UGA, but he's got to be able to walk into any recruit's home and be like, hey, you want to play on the PJ Tour? Because no other program pumps up PJ Tour players like I do. Come so, play here. Come play yeah. here, and you're going to be on the PJ Tour. Really? Yeah, it's impressive the amount of players that he's ran through there. Absolutely impressive. Name name your Georgia players right now that you know. You got Bubba Kisner, Brian Harmon, Chris Kirk, Sepp Strucka, Hudson Swafford, Harris Keith English, Keith Mitchell. Um, that's eight. Yeah, and that's not enough. There's more. I'm just there's more. There's more. There's a dozen, but I mean, you 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 did run off eight really fast, which is yeah. Which I mean, that's that's enough. Like yeah. you think of any other university in the country, and they don't have. Wasn't P. Reed? Wasn't, wasn't P. Reed there for a year? No, and he got kicked State. off. No, I think he went. I think I think he was out of Georgia and he got kicked off of Georgia and went to Augusta State. He went oh, to maybe Georgia. He went at Georgia to start and then uh, I don't you know kicked off, left, whatever you know. I don't know, but he went to Augusta State and and I will say when he went to Augusta State, they won one or two national championships. One or two, yeah, yeah. When he was there, so yeah. I mean, I guess they weren't really paying attention really closely to the rules and stuff, but you can win it. <laughs> You can no, add uh, Russell sign for a good scorecard. Russell Henley, Brendan Todd, a couple other uh, Russell Hen- Henley. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, Brendan Todd, you're right. That's ten guys. A couple other guys, yeah. So, yeah. Scott Brown. Did Scott Brown go to Georgia? No, he didn't. Go uh, I don't believe so. No, I just clicked didn't. it off. But yeah, there was. Those are kind of the big names that are that are out there presently. God, that's incredible. Vinny, Vinny Giles. Did he go to Georgia? I think so. His name just popped up there on that list. Really. Holy cow. So, yeah. Anyway, so Seb Straka wins uh, at the Honda. PJ National, it was, it was tough as usual. Again, the big surprise has got to be Berger with the huge, huge collapse. Straka did play well. Four under his last 10, three under his last five. Getting through the bear trap. Hit some some awesome iron shots. Yeah. Especially on 18 there. Having to, not having to make a birdie, but, you know, par five that you think you're, you're going to need to make a birdie on the PJ Tour if you're going to win to close it out. Pouring down rain in the fairway. Great shot. I thought he was going to make the eagle putt that he left a couple inches short yeah. there. But uh, Shane Lowry was in the mix. Again, like we, we talked about earlier. I feel like I said Shane this before. Lowry. Lowry. Like I said this already before, but Lowry. Bogey free like, from Shane like Lowry. Lowry. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're off the rails now. It's from Bad Boys. You know that. Dude. Oh, God. That's my from- Lowry. That's who Jay Shane turns Lowry. into. <laughs> Late on the Buffalo Trace. Bad boy. <laughs> a movie from 1993. That was a great movie. <laughs> great movie. Martin Lawrence and Will Bad Smith. Boys 2 was also fantastic. Anyway. Uh, what on. I was trying to say, Shane Lowry. Proceed, proceed. proceed. Goes bogey free on Sunday at PJ National. Does not win, um, which was kind of surprising. And, you know, he had his comments. He kind of complained about the weather and yada, yada, yada afterwards saying he got a bad break. But uh, what do you guys, what do you, what do you guys make of Seb Straka, Shane Lowry, Daniel Berger, PJ National as um, a host site? What are your, what are your thoughts? You want me to go, McLean? Yeah, you go ahead, buddy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the course is brutal, brutally tough. And uh, watching uh, Daniel Berger almost 
you know, perform a bogey free round on Saturday, I knew that was like, a, I hate to say it was like a death wish because the, the course is so hard. Uh, it's, it's just, it, it literally is one of the most impossible golf courses that I've ever played. And it's tough. And, and you can have a bogey free round, which, which he almost did, which was incredible. And then the next day, you can strike the ball equally as well put the ball close to as well and then you know have a five or six shot difference which he did um that's uh, that's how difficult this golf course is when I, I know some people like watching it because they like to see the guys struggle a little bit and then other people watch it and and they're, they're not entertained by it because they don't want to see the best players in the world make bogeys and doubles and so it's different you know I, I don't i don't mind it you know i've played the golf course quite a few times you know q school and so forth but it's hard really hard. I respect it. I think it's fun. I think it's fun to watch because one, because I've played the golf course. So I understand what these guys are going through and they all complain about it. So I wasn't the only one <laughs> that said that when I played it, uh, Q school, you know, six, seven years ago. So it's kind of fun for, for me as a fan to watch some of these guys struggle, but, um, I get why they choose not to go there. Cause it's, it'll beat you up. You know, it's the water on, 15 is it 14 or 15 of the holes i think it's 15 holes yeah 15 of the holes that are out there i mean it, it it wears you out no question yeah it's it certainly you know brings the distance debate into discussion again when you think about it not being one of the longest courses out there but ultimately seeing how difficult it plays and all the you know we talked about earlier all of these stats what it was it was leading um which i think was the most bogeys in the water uh, or most balls in the water, most bogeys, 274. Most double bogeys. Yeah, 274 balls in the water. Yeah, it's just absolutely absurd. So I'm not necessarily saying that it needs to be that hard in certain areas. I think it could be softened up with some rough and some bunkering, uh, not necessarily see good shots getting repelled into the water. I think have them repel at least into a spot where they can get up and down. They don't necessarily have to go digging in their bag for another nugget. But, um, you know, it, it does – I think bring a different aspect in that can be entertaining for some. I mean, it, it's kind of funny. It's, it's almost bad to say it, but it is kind of funny at times. We're watching these balls go in the water and we're sitting here, me and a buddy of mine found ourselves laughing for a little bit. We're watching. It's just, Oh, he's taking a drop. Oh, he's taking a drop. I mean, the coverage of drops this week is uh, gotta be the highest on the PGA tour. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it was, it, it leads the, the tour in bogeys, double bogeys, others balls in the water. I mean, it's, Again, like, like I was saying, it was not the greatest field. I think the this, this schedule changes last couple of years has hurt this event. They used to get a better field here, and then the scheduling changes yeah. have just not not helped it one bit with, you know, the first event coming back from the West Coast swing, you know, guys traveling across the country, they don't want to do it. Yeah. A bunch of people played last week at Tigers event. This coming week is Arnold Palmer, and then you got the players and so the World Golf Championship yeah. coming up and the masters so it's a good week to skip if you're going to skip one which is kind of surprising because all these guys live there right now right yeah. they're all between jupiter and palm beach and that's what keeps that's what keeps the event alive i think from the scheduling standpoint is like these guys are like they're like hey i'm staying at home like i'm yeah you know, might as well just play i'm here you yeah know? And, but you know otherwise they're like i wouldn't i wouldn't go out and play and get my this my shit my brains beat in um, cause it's such a hard golf course. Yeah. Um, it, it is. I don't mind watching them struggle. I don't want to yeah. see this every week. And I think there's yeah. gotta be an ebb and flow to the tour season and some easy and some hard and some all kinds of water and some no water. And, um, but I think, 
it keeps the drama and the entertainment there when you do get a weaker field to have yeah. a course that will, you're never going to really, I shouldn't say that because I think Matt Jones ran away last year, but the odds of someone running away with it, we thought there was going to be a runaway this year with Berger having a five-shot okay. lead going on Sunday. But at that golf course, it's it's usually going to keep it pretty tight and compact when you're talking eight, nine, ten under winning an event. Yeah. Yeah, it's – I will say that it's, um, it's a unique golf course in the sense that it's um, – there's there's a there, – all of the holes are hard. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, they're – there are like maybe two or three holes out there that are, you have a little bit of a breather, but the, everyone talks about the bear trap, you know, 14 through uh, 17, but you know, uh, 10, 11 are really hard golf holes. Uh, five, six, seven are really hard golf holes. Um, so, I mean, you've got like half of the golf holes are, are out there are really hard. Like, I mean, I'm talking really hard. And there's just not a whole lot of a break, you know, for anyone, you know, and then that, that, I think, again, like we talked about, that's why guys, they're like, you know what, I'll take the week off. Like, it's not worth it. Like, I don't need to get my, the, my brains beat in out here. Like, I'm not playing great. Like, is this a good week to co- to take a break? You know, I just came off of the Genesis and I'm getting ready for the Arnold Palmer. Let me just take a week at home and just relax. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of a bummer. You know, like we talk about, we we like to see the guys kind of struggle a little bit. It's fun for the viewer to kind of you can relate to them and see them make a couple bogeys, double bogeys, and so forth. So, but um, yeah, you can you can shoot seventy six in a heartbeat, and yeah. if you're not comfortable with your swing, there's yeah. a lot of very uncomfortable shots out there that there's no there's no bailout. I mean, yeah, fifteen and seventeen, those par threes. I mean, there's almost no bailout on those holes. Those greens are yeah. small kind of both kind of kidney shaped with those bunkers yeah. that are just death. You saw one, I forget who was it that putted one out of the bunker yesterday. Yeah. Saw that on 17 and then yeah. put it in the water and hit one out of the water. But I mean, that's the kind of thing that's getting people to do something like that. That's just so outside the box. It's just, they're like, Oh my God, how do I not make a seven here? Yeah. And I'm flat Four, high <laughs> 14 and 15, you know, that hole, I mean, obviously 10 and 11, 11 is a really hard hole that they don't show that often. It's a 450 yard hole, roughly 440, 450. And you're hitting a three wood or, or an iron off the tee because the fairway narrows up so much and there's water. So you lay up and then you're forced to hit like a five or six iron into a really shallow green with water in the front and then a big drop off behind the green. So, I mean, that's an extremely difficult hole. But then you go to uh, 13, which is a short hole. Uh, but the wind, the way the wind blows, it's a crosswind. It makes it really difficult to hit the fairway. And it's and then 14 is a really long, narrow fairway with a really tough green. Um, so the, you've got these tough holes that are building up. And then you get to then you get to the bear trap, well, fish, the official bear, tra- bear trap. 15 is the hardest damn golf hole that i mean it's it's insane if it, if there were no wind um you know you're hitting a mid iron mid to low iron and it's not that big of a deal you just hit to the middle of the green but the wind is always so crazy and the fact that I, there's something about putting a a stone wall in front of a uh, a green that just messes with your mind like 
when you see a, a sloped grassy front, you're like, okay, maybe I can come up a little bit short and the ball still will stay up. But if you come up short on, on 15, your ball's in the water. And it, it, it messes with the guys' heads a little bit for sure. I mean, is 15 or 17 harder. Uh, 15 is harder than 17 in my opinion. Yeah. No question. I mean, they're both hard. They're both, but 15, you got a little bit of a, it's, I feel like it's not as, I don't know, something about the, the, the shape of the green. It's not as intimidating, especially for the guys in at this time of the year. So when they play it now, You've got a it's downwind off the right, which is for a right-handed golf right-handed golfer, predominantly right-handed golfer. It's it's a comfortable wind downwind off the right. It's it in when the trouble is short and right, and you've got wind helping you off the right. That that's you, you're like that's okay, I can deal with that. But when you've got trouble short and right, and you've got wind into you off the left you better hit a really solid, good golf shot on 17. Because in the fall at Q School, like with uh, Xander Shoffley, who doesn't go back and play this event, and we played Q School together, the, uh, the finals there in 20, I guess it was 15. Um, he, I don't, he's only played it once or twice after that. Like He's like, I don't want to play this again. You know? But Adams Vinson, uh, who finished in the top 10 this week, or he awesome. was – he was close to the top 10. I don't know if he finished in the top 10 at the end of the week, but he won Q school of the year that I was there. So he obviously has a, an affinity for this course and how it, how it runs, but it's a tough, it's a tough track. Like I said, you get with the winter, the, the fall winter wind, it's different. The par, uh, the par five fifteen into the wind. It's a long hole. Most guys lay up. It's hard because you're laying up with a really, in a really narrow uh, section there right by the water and the rough where these guys now are they're trying not to hit in the water off the tee because it's downwind and off the right um just different different golf course yeah different win but uh the bear traps it it's it plays tougher for uh for the guys regardless of the win but um i again i was shocked i was i'm not not happy but i was shocked that burger coughed up that lead i was glad it became a golf tournament that we could watch and pay attention to i was a little worried he was just going to run away the way he was playing i mean hell you said you know you talked about the bogey he made on 18 on saturday until that point he had played 53 holes with one bogey at the honda he went bogey free thursday only made one bogey on friday and then until the 18th hole on saturday had him another bogey that round that's that's incredible stupid and i was like oh he's just in cruise control here well, yeah. And then yeah. the wheels fell off fast. The double bogey, which was just really, really bad. I was on a par five out there. He hit a bad drive. Okay. Punch out. And then plugs it. Again, balls do plug in the bunkers on the PGA Tour. Really? They do. Not on the PGA Tour. No, it's perfect. Perfect glass. Perfect. So if it happens to the Foundry Golf Club, it's okay. Perfect glass on the PGA Tour, Mikey. And so hits a terrible third shot, right? He, he punches out of the woods. He's got 145 or so. Front left flag, pull hooks it, chunks it, short left, plugs in the bunker. He's got nothing, has to blade it over the green, makes double. And you're like, oh. And then I forget, Lowry birdied one right out of the gate. Then birdies, I'm trying to pull up a scorecard here. Pardon me for a second. Then birdied four. And you're like, uh oh, two birdies and a double. We got a ball game here. 
And then by the seventh tee box, Lowry had a one-shot lead, and it was crazy. And like we said, Berger made a whopping, I think it was 14 feet of putts. Actually, that might have been, that might have been, I might have saw that stat through like 15 holes. But his longest putt made all day was 29 inches. Hmm. That's not good. Crazy. That, that just goes to show how difficult the game is. It's crazy. It's hard. Lost almost four shots, strokes gained putting yesterday on Sunday. So there's pretty much his lead right there. Not to mention yeah. some suspect ball striking uh, with, with his irons, especially with yesterday. one of the with one of the better ball strikers on tour. I yeah, mean, he has been known as one of the better ball strikers. He's a good putter too, for sure. But, but yeah, his iron game is usually pretty solid. Yeah, hits it solid. Yeah, I mean that, that game stuff. It's hard. I mean, I don't, I, I don't really don't know why. We all play this game. I'll be, I'll be honest. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm being a hundred percent honest. Like with my experience, your experience, both of you guys. I fold shirts we, for a living, Jay. We, what's that? Why I fold shirts for a living? Yeah, but you're still involved with it, and you still love it. Like we're all, we're, we're all kind of fucked up in the head a little bit that we, that we want to play and be involved in this game because it's, it's brutal. It is a brutal game. Especially there, but, it is, but I mean it's b- brutal for everybody. You know, like, oh, yeah. I don't I don't care if you're talking about a scratch golfer or a twenty handicap golfer. You you have you all have the expectation of well, what you think you can do, and then when you don't, uh, you know, meet that expectation, you, you're miserable. Like, but and then the days that you do meet that, say you hit that those couple good shots on the on the back nine coming down the stretch, and you sleep like a damn baby that night because you've you cured it on the last three holes and you made a birdie on 16 or 17 or 18. And you're like, this game's awesome. I love it. And then <laughs> the next day you come out and you go double, double, double boogie bogey or whatever. And you're like, get me out of here. I'm going to go play volleyball yeah. <laughs> or tennis, right? Or tennis or pickleball or pickleball. whatever, whatever, you know, get you, some ice, get you some ice skates again, Jay. Yeah. I mean, let's do it. <laughs> How about how about our boy Callum? Top yeah. thirty makes his first makes Made his first cut. cut. Um, had a great. Uh, I'm trying to look it up. I think it was 66 yesterday. Mm-hmm. Move up 33 spots, get into yeah. the top 30. So make a nice little check, get a few FedEx Cup points, and hopefully uh, turn the tide for him. And I know it's been kind of a struggle since he got his card, but if you yeah. haven't listened to the interview that we did with him back in the summer, it's a must listen to. I know we've we've had some big names on the podcast with with Curtis and Lonto Griffin and Austin Ernst, but uh, the Callum interview was fun. So for any of our listeners who haven't checked that one out, I'm just going to plug that one. Go back and listen to it. Uh, start following him, and and hopefully this is a good little uh, little boost of confidence for him um, moving forward. I mean, I was looking at his his round on Friday. He got to the bear trap, basically having to play one under the rest of the way to make the cut and birdied 16 part of the rest. That's got to feel good. And then shoots at 66 yeah. on uh 66 on Sunday to, to move way up the board there and get a top 30. So good, good for Callum yeah. as well. Any other major takeaways from the Honda? I don't think so, man. Your I mean, boy, Adam, Svensson, playing, you mentioned he did have a top yeah, 10. Yeah. Adam Svensson. That was kind of cool to see, you know, 
he was, he won Q school the year that I was there. Uh, that was 2015, I think, but, um, he was a stud. I mean, great, uh, again, great ball striker. Never used that term before on the show. Um, the new one, that's a new one, but it's got, I mean, it's funny that, you know, you know, courses for horses, you know, like you, you have some experience there I and mean, you take a guy who hasn't really done much on the PJ tour level and you put him on a course that he is comfortable with. And then he, you know, he shows his value. Did you see uh, who he had on the bag this weekend? No, I didn't. I think it was his third time this year, Tim Tucker. Oh, really? Bryson, Bryson's old caddy who wow. thought he retired or maybe he just wanted to get the fuck off of Bryson's bag. I mean that you could go right into the 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 one minute and seventeen second Bryson uh, super cut clip of him explaining why he could play in the API. Yeah, why was that all cut up? Yeah, we'll get um, to, the, to the Bay Hill. That was weird. Well, you know he's on the T sheet for the Seminole Pro member today and tomorrow, well, which I, I found very odd because Did I saw the T sheet. I don't know, but I saw the T sheet on there uh, this morning. And he you was on it. Say that, McLean. You can't say that you saw. As that. a member of the media, I feel obligated to report. <laughs> it was all over. It was all over the place. Everyone, everyone was tweeting that out. Yeah. So, boy, but then, Tom Brady was playing. He's a member there. He's playing with Louis Ustazen. Yeah. So oh, to really? say that he couldn't play, I was like, he's not playing. He didn't want to further injure himself. You tell me he's playing a wind down version of himself. I don't think so. He's yeah, out there you're, right. Hard. you're right. He doesn't That's- have that in him. He's not going out there and. And you know, hitting irons off the tee or hitting soft drivers, anything like that. He he's ripping it. That, yeah, you're right. That's messed up. If you're not playing, you're not playing. But if you're playing in a pro am, then why can't you play in the tournament? Yeah, that's that's messed up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a weird, really weird clip for him to come out and with with withdraw like that and then just have it all cut up. And it was like it was like his his people, his agent, like, no, 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 we gotta we gotta cut that, we gotta redo that. But um, all he had to no, do was that wrong. All he had to do was it could have been a five second thing. Like, hey, thanks for all the support. I'm not feeling great. I'm still not healed up. Like, I can't play this week. I'll see you next week, guys. Thanks for the support. Uh, end of story. But it yeah, was like a minute, exactly. 15 seconds of him saying that thing, same thing over and over. It was rambling. It was really strange. It was so strange. Well, strange and him often collide. <laughs> they do. Yeah, yes. They're married. To each other, but um, no. Again, I enjoyed I enjoyed the Honda, even for a, a lesser field. There were some interesting names, and I don't mind watching these guys. No, I mean, again, I, I think it. I think it. It answers a lot of questions when we talk about distance. And again, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but I'd love to see them soften up some of those areas on that golf course and reshape that golf course. I think it could be something really good. Um, but, and, and I don't necessarily mind watching guys struggle a little bit. I mean, it, it's, it's not necessarily an unfair golf course. It's not like you can't make birdies out there. Correct. You yeah. Get a good drive. And you put it in the right spot. You get a good second shot. There are some birdies to be made. Yeah. There were um, some 64, 65s. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's not to say that it's an unfair test of golf. It's just it's a very difficult one, and you've got to be in control of your golf ball. I mean, having water in play on 15 holes is uh, that's a lot. That's yeah. an absolute lot. Again, it's, it's nice to see. You know, there was the the first over par cut yeah. uh, of the tour season. Only 10 yeah. under one. It wasn't 29 under. 
God, I mean, it neutralized some guys big time. I mean, Matt Wolf at 17 oh. over. I mean, and you just don't see any yeah, watching him out there. And he looked miserable. I, I don't blame him, but I don't think we will see him making that start again in the future. Yeah, I had I was off on Thursday. And so I put on the ESPN plus early round coverage featured group. And I think it was him and Fowler, maybe Woodland. Yeah. And I think he dropped it in the water in three of the first six holes. And he just like, well, the sixth hole he's dropping and he just looked like already like, hey, can I go home? Like I fake an injury here, but yeah. hey, he got it out and posted plus 17 for two days. Yeah. There were a couple guys that had some big numbers. Yeah. Stewie Sink. He was up there. Yep. Um, With some big numbers. I'm trying to find the results. If anyone posted the results in the pro member who won today over at Seminole. Tomorrow uh, is the second round. I thought it's a one day thing. Oh, I thought it was two. Maybe it is one. I thought it was a two-day thing. I think it's a one-day thing. Might but there's right. like a, a huge field. So there's like well, it's a crazy field. Two two waves, first and tenth tee. Um, just who's who of golf. The quarter sisters were both playing. Yep. You know, obviously all the members, Bob Ford, the, the head golf professional, played. Um he was not in the field this year, I don't think. I saw Bob's name. Oh, was it? Yeah. Um Finney Giles. Mm-hmm. Second Vinny Giles reference tonight from right here in RVA as a member down there. He was playing. I forget who he was playing with, but I saw his name on the on the roster. Yeah, that used to be like super secretive. And now that that's getting out and that T sheet gets out almost every year now. Sent so around. The last group on Sunday. Or I'm sorry, the first group off on Sunday, both shot even par. They <laughs> Both shot 81 the day before. <laughs> yeah. How often do you see that? Almost never. So, yeah. Oh, all right. Any more Honda thoughts? What do we get? We get into my boy again here. Boy, Philly Mick. Yeah, so again, know. so again, to all the listeners, last week's episode <laughs> was was named Broken Promises because during that episode, I broke three or four that I made just moments earlier. I also promised last week that we would not talk Saudi golf tour at all this week. I did say a caveat and said, unless some big news comes out. Well, my boy, the very next day after we had released the podcast on Tuesday, I'm in the doctor's office and I just, my phone is blowing up. I'm on Twitter. Everyone's just reposting and posting, which is great because I'm blocked by Phil on Twitter. So I couldn't see his initial post with his letter. <laughs> I had to get it secondhand source from other people. And like I told you guys, I was so fucking giddy that he made a fool of himself again, tried to quote unquote apologize and dug himself a deeper hole with the public and the media. I wanted to come on and do an emergency podcast that night because I had so much to say and I was I was gloating. I was walking around the house talking about it. I was like happy. I was like, and this you guys are going to laugh. I've been saying this again. I've been saying this for 20 years. It feels a fraud and he's a phony. And there are parts of him that you see that are true, but he's pretty manipulative and, and conniving and he likes to work the system and work the people and, and has gets people wrapped around his finger. 
I've been saying this for 20 years and people always bash me and say, oh, no, no, Phil's a great guy. And I have arguments with my dad. I have arguments with my brother, friends. Who is bashing you for saying that? No one bashes me, but a lot of people say like, I feel like that's the common common thought. Not, I mean, maybe more so recently. Years ago, I mean, Phil was like a god, right? 10 years ago, he was like, how can you not like Phil? How can you not be rooting for Phil? How do you not like Phil? He's so nice. He gets all those thumbs up and he signs all the autographs for the kids. And he's he's so pleasant. He's so nice. And Tiger's beating his ass. Like that's that's yeah. one of the reasons because it was like, oh, he finished seconds all the time. Finished second. And no, we want to see him win one. Yeah. Let somebody else win one. Tiger's winning too many. Let somebody else win one. That's bullshit. Bullshit. Tiger, Tiger win every fuck, every goddamn tournament. You win them all. So then Phil is on his you know, nonsense tour here the last couple months with all this stuff. And he comes out with this thing. And, and I, I was just, again, Tuesday night, I was so happy. I wanted to come on here and just, I almost, I even said to Lindy, so Lindy, would it be dumb if I did a podcast by myself to just talk about this? Or I was like, do I need to have someone? I was that excited. I, I was then walking around the house singing. I'm not going to sing it, but I was singing that song. True colors. Cause, <laughs> cause now folks, you all see Phil's true colors. Uh, you know what I want to hear is you. No, that's nope, not happening. That would be more entertaining. <laughs> well, it, it was an impressive crash of his brand in such a short period of time. Uh, and, and to see the mass exodus of sponsors just abandon someone who was really kind of the lead guy for every one of his sponsors. Um, so, yeah, it, again, incredible crash of his brand. I can't believe um, that we quite frankly, that we even saw it. I mean, I think what he said was obviously deserving of some sort of repercussion, but wow. I mean, he he's at the point now where he might just need to go play the Champions Tour and just focus on playing some golf for a while and maybe just get out of the spotlight. Yeah. Uh, or, and you know, the guy doesn't really have to play golf again. I mean, if he wants to keep up his gambling habit, he probably needs to tee it a couple more times. But outside of that, he just, uh, I don't know what that just cost him, but it's got to be in the, what would you guys say? Twenty-five to thirty million dollars. Well, I think the numbers that they had per I don't year know if it was if it was Forbes. I think they said last year he made forty million off the golf course. So it's got to be close to forty million because those are all yeah. his top sponsors, right? You're talking KPMG, yeah. Workday, Amstel Light, Rolex, Callaway. I mean, those and they all dropped him. They all, all those major players dropped him. One right after the other. KPMG did it that night of the apology, the again, a quote unquote apology. He didn't apologize to me he didn't apologize to you guys he didn't he apologize to the saudis basically he lied and said his comments were out of, out of context and off the record which they weren't he again called alan shipnook to give these comments so it was on the record and this is exactly what he wanted to talk about when he called alan shipnook to make these comments so none of it was taken out of context or off the record so he oh, lied there he yeah he tried so to that, play a victim that 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 Leads me to believe that these sponsors knew that what type of person he was, and they, they were just they're like, "Hey, this is this is um, this is a possibility that he's going to kind of fly off the handles as soon as he does. We're out." Um, you know, otherwise, you look at Tiger. I mean, Tiger, I, you know, arguably made much bigger mistakes in his life, and Nike stayed by him. And yeah. obviously it's, it's obviously worked out in the long run because, you know, now everyone still loves tiger. You just have to kind of work through it. Yeah. He's rehabbed um, his image. 
He's rehab rehabbed his image a hundred percent. And, and maybe these sponsors are looking at Phil like, okay, it's just a matter of time before people really see what, what you are. And they're like, we don't want to be a part of it. I'm, 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 this is all speculative. You know, this is sure, all, sure. I, I, I don't know this 100%, but I'm, I'm just guessing for the fact that they all jump ship for something. I mean, he really didn't, he really didn't do anything that, you know. No, he didn't break the arguably, law. He didn't, he didn't break any law. He, he didn't, didn't do anything stupid on the golf course to, to bring negative attention, but he's put such a stain on himself and his legacy and all the fans are now like, Ooh, man, I don't know if I like this guy anymore or man, that's rough. And you're again, like you're paying the guy, if you're KPMG, I don't, I don't know what they're paying. And let's just say they're paying him $10 million a year because all the fans like you. And now they all hate you or don't like you. And there's all this negative attention towards you. And every time they see Phil on TVs, we're, we're in a KPMG hat. They're like, Oh, we don't want that. <laughs> You well, know, yeah, I mean, his, his that's, likeness that's is associated with that, his brand as much like, as anything else, you know, without him having the ability <clears throat> to create relationships and engage with the fans and the general public, he's not worth all those dollars. And once you put a yeah. stain on that, you know, you, you're, you're going to see, you're going to see much less uh, revenue coming in from those uh, certain avenues. So it's, uh, it's, again, I think it's crazy to see that everyone dropped him like he did. And the fact that he basically just brand suicide, but you got to think that the guy was thinking on the other side of this, if we play devil's advocate, he's looking at it and say, all right, I'm going to be a visionary. I'm going to change the way golf is shaped entirely. And when they look back in 40 years, they'll view me as, you know, this pioneer. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the only thing that makes sense in my mind. Unfortunately, he handled it absolutely atrociously. I mean, unbelievable. Um, unbelievable egotistical way to go about yeah. it and it shows I, after the fact uh, uh kind of the fallout from it again yeah. i didn't think it would be that severe but my god what a what a fallout it'll be interesting to see how long it takes for other brands to get back with them we see jt just now starting to pop up with a few more sponsors on his shirt and what he did it felt like he was just getting a little slap on the wrist phil's made you know major kind of career suicide here well, yeah, as yeah, far like as his brand is concerned you said it was egotistical and he he gambled on himself and this is one of the all-time ultimate backfires because he was trying to pit the saudis against the pga tour to make a bunch more money and he's now just cost himself a bunch more money and at least at least jt's in his 20s and has time to rehab his image to get more sponsors and play golf for another couple decades feels almost 52 years old like He's there's not no one at his age it. making the kind of money he's making. No, I mean, there's only a couple more years left to make to be in the spotlight on the PGA Tour because I'm sorry, you're not going to make as much when you're just on the Champions Tour. I'm sure that was that definitely went into his thought processes. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at that point where like I'm, I'm not as relevant as I once was. Like, what what can I do to kind of stay in the stay in the limelight? And th- he latched on to. Uh, a cause that I I would say, in my opinion, it was a cause that's warranted, but with the wrong, wrong people. And he went about the wrong way. He He could be, he went about the wrong way. I mean, he can be an advocate and try to make change, but do it on the back end, do it quietly, do it behind the scenes, do it the right way. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. A hundred percent didn't do it the right way, but again, well, he may have singled the whole program. Yeah. You know, I mean, as soon as he did that, it triggered 
the almost all the big names coming out and forming their association with the PGA Tour. So yeah. he may have single-handedly killed the whole deal. Yeah, because he's got to be the smartest guy in the room and tell everyone that. And the line in his the line in his apology that said, "Golf's in desperate need of change." Ah, oh, it just pissed me off because he's so wrong on that. Yes, could the PGA Tour be improved? Does he think he earns more? He should earn more of the pot because he's you know one of the guys that, that gets the ratings and people watching it and why the PGA Tour has so much money. You know, but one, you're, you're just looking out for the top 25, 50%. Yeah. You're not looking out for all the other tour guys. You're just looking out for yourself. And to yeah. say the, the game of golf needs desperate change. No. Again, we've all been in the game of golf. The last two years have been the best years in the game of golf since Tiger Woods came on the scene. There's record number of rounds being played across this country. There's record number yeah. of golfers. There's record number of revenue. Like. With- with it, with with in respect to his comments, uh, I don't think, I don't think it's all relative to what side of the spectrum you're on. You know, is it in desperate need of change? No, it's not in desperate need of change. Is is you know is a change you know there? Do we could could we benefit from a change? Sure, but desperate need no. Um, and I think a lot of it, like from a you know, from a PGA pro standpoint, from like the round, like you said, from, from the round rounds played from the interest in golf and from a recreational standpoint. Yes. Um, from the PGA, from a PGA professional standpoint, um, like a touring pro, I could see where he would say that it, it, it's a need of change because it, it has gotten a little stagnant uh, in terms of the, the, the way that the events are placed and the, the, the who plays and, and how they they uh, organize all those events? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but, there there could be change on the PJ Tour. Could but be to a, say the game of golf needs desperate changes. Just yeah, over that's, and that, that's over, over the, the top. Yeah, over the top. Yeah, for sure. And, and he just and, and that goes to show, kind of like you said, that goes to show that he's looking at it from his standpoint only. It's out of touch. At out of touch, like it's like he's only looking at it from his standpoint of where where he's coming from, and not from you know. Like, hey, what about the amateur golfers? What about the PGA pros? What about the PGA? Um, what about the PGA instructors? Like, he doesn't who, care about any of that. Yeah, he doesn't care about that. Um, but if you're going to make a comment like that, say, you know, PGA Tour or professional golf is in desperate need of change, um, then I could I could agree with that. I could agree with that. But, but only if you're the top fifty guys, because yeah. you ask you ask Callum Taron, he's probably fine with how it's going. Because he's he has a chance to play for a lot of money, but yeah. Phil Mickelson doesn't care about Callum Taren. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't at all. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, for the top tier guys, yeah, they they could want to see they could see a change. But it's it's arguable that that some of the lower tier lower tier guys could, um, you know, be on the same board and and help facilitate some type of change if it, if it were to trickle down for. The subsidiary subsidiary tours, you know, the Corn Ferry Tour, the Latin America Tour, Canadian Tour, whatever, um, which I think would be awesome. Um, you know, we've we've kind of gone over this, yeah. but I, I think it would be great to have. I think if we got if we got if we as a fan base, you know, I've kind of I'm on both sides here because I've, I've I've been on the side playing play with these guys, but at the same time, I like to watch golf uh, a lot, so. 
I kind of want to watch. I want the Corn Fairy Tour to be important. It's not important right now, so I don't watch it. But if it if they found a way to make it important, it would be really cool to watch, you know, five to eight events of the Corn Fairy event and, and really get to know the guys. That's Look at the Olympics. Like, you don't watch the Olympics. You watch the Olympics once every four years, right? So by the time you get, a, you know, five days in and you, you're – you're prepped up and you're, you've been prefaced for the, the, the athletes that you're going to watch. They give you the backstory. Now you're into it. You're like, Hey man, I want this guy or this girl. I want them to win. They're from the U S or they're from the, they're from Canada. They're from Norway, wherever, wherever you're from, you, you start to pull for them because they, they build up the, the clientele, they build up the athletes. And we can do the same thing with golf. And I think we're, we're kind of resting our laurels and, and, and having 40 events on the PGA tour. And like I said, I've always said, we got 15 to 15 events that no one even watches. The ratings are so terrible, terrible. Like let's, let's spread that out. Let's give, let's make 20 events, really high end events. And let's drop down and watch the, you know, the kind of the minor leagues. Let's see these guys come up. You know, I think, and we and, and and history shows that we would we would enjoy that. Like when we watch the the Asian uh, amateur, you know, that one of the the winner of that event gets uh, a spot in the Masters, right? Yep. So I mean, it, it's on Golf Channel. We watch it. Like I'm, I want to see. I want to see who wins. I want to see who gets in the Masters. That's that's awesome. That's a cool thing. You know, same thing for the Corn Ferry. It's like okay, let's watch these. Let's watch eight. You know, eight of these events and see who is working their way into getting their PGA tour card. I mean, that just makes, that just builds your brand um, for the PGA tour when the guys actually get out there. So, well, that'd um, be a secondary tour that I'd be more interested in watching. Yeah, exactly. You know, let's find a way to improve that product. And I know that's yeah. difficult when you don't have, you know, the per se best players in the world, but there that's, are, that's hard to get ratings. I agree, but that's where I think there's, there could be an initiative that, yeah, there. is it, is it, playing for more money makes it more intriguing. You know, I, I don't know what that, I don't know what that is or what that would, looks like. Is it a qualifying think, circuit? You know, is there something that's a little bit different to it? So where it's really preparing guys. I mean, I, I think you're right, Jay, there are, there is a way to kind of take some other events and create more notoriety around them. I mean, personally for me, I'd love to see all stages of Q school qualify or televised. Yeah, you know, let's see the pressure packed weeks of Q school. Those that. are, I mean, I watch, I watch final stage of Q school every year. I mean, obviously we've, we've been there. We've, we've been a part of that, but like to, to watch it on TV and you can relate with like the stress that these guys are going through. Like and if you drop back to second stage to first stage, I mean, this is your entire year. It's, it's, it's essentially like the Olympics, but obviously on, I'm, I'm a smaller scale, obviously four years for the Olympics and then for the, you know, qualifying for the corn fairy tours every year. But if you, you, you have the whole year, that's it. If you don't qualify, you have nothing. You're playing mini tours. You're, you're, you're trying to go to another tour subsidiary tour to try to make some money, to try to facilitate some time, some money to play, you know, money qualifiers to get back out on, on, you know, the, the corn fairy or the PGA tour. I mean, I think it'd be really cool to, as a fan to see these names over and over on these, some uh, these subsidiary tours or smaller tours, I say, uh, and, and watch them, you know, work their way up. I think it'd be really cool. I honestly think I would like to see a blend of the PGA tour 
I, I should say, I say the smaller tours like the Puerto Rican Open, the uh, you, which you, is also going on this week, opposite field event of yeah. The, I mean, you the, you know the what they are, but like, if, say we had those events, and but say we had like five uh, corn fair events that were the the price was higher, or the 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 purse was higher than some of these smaller events or close to it. I think that would change, you know, one the players' perspective on where they want to play, and two, it would change. Um, the fan base, like you're like, hey, this is one of the top five majors of the Corn Ferry Tour, you know, and people are like, hey, let me tune in to watch. The, these are the next, and then they can market it that way. Like, hey, these are the, this is the top four events of the year, like the the Corn Ferry majors. You need to watch watch these guys. These guys are going to play on the PGA Tour in a year, which is which has been the Corn Ferry Nationwide Web.com. That's been their ploy forever. Like watch the future players on the PJ Tour, but they haven't really given people a reason to watch. You know, you, they well, say it's because people don't watch. They don't watch, but give them a reason to watch. Like if if you market it in the sense of like, hey, this event is this is worth more than the PJ Tour event or close to it, then I, it, it well, gives people you, it gives people reason to smaller. tune in. Yeah, so I agree. I agree. If you make the schedule smaller and you amplify some of these events and make this the primetime golf event for that week, I think you could sell tickets to it. You, I think you could throw a party. You could build, doesn't have to be a stadium hole, but you could build something that makes it a part of the attraction. If it's the best golf tournament in the world that week, you're going to have some good players out there. It might not be the biggest players, but especially if it's Q school, I think you could sell a lot more tickets to Q school if you marketed it properly. Yeah. I think 100%. it could be, I agree. I think it's something that people would yeah. like to see. All this comes down to money, right? It comes down to how much do the sponsors want to put in, how much does the TV want to pay for it to put it on the on the air, how much do the ads for yeah. the TV coverage go for, and you know, and, and unfortunately, a lot of the things that we've been talking about over the last few weeks with all this Saudi talk is not brought up. It's again just the top guys wanting more money, and I think that's all that's going to happen is the PGA Tour is going to capitulate to these guys and give them more money. I'm not sure anyone's in it for the best interests of making the game better. The PJ tours are trying to protect their product. The players are just the top players are trying to get their more money. And unfortunately, a lot of the things we've been talking about, I don't think it is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's unfortunate because unless you have, unless you have an uprising of the guys in the bottom of the tour mm. start to say, Hey, we want to unionize. We want to do this. We want to do that. The guys that are on the, the bubble of the corn Ferry tour, the PJ tour, the guys that bounce back and forth, if you have a big swell of those guys. Yeah. Well, it, it will certainly start with the pack. You know, the, 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 that player board, they, they kind of drive the, they try to, they drive the notion of what, what needs to be done. And, and if, if there's changes that need to be made uh, for sure. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. Obviously we've talked about this. I don't need to keep going into it, but I, I do think that, there, there needs to be something else, you know, for the guys to kind of dabble into, to kind of push everybody. I think it's a good thing. So, um, but like you said, Mikey, I mean, I agree. Like, I don't think it's the Saudi league. I don't think they're organized enough. I don't think they've given us any, any, uh, any concrete evidence or clarification as to what this tour is and who's getting money and so forth. So, 
Um, but if there is a tour that comes through with some, um, some type of organizational skills that says, Hey, like, this is what we're doing. This is why it could be a good thing for everybody. Um, then we'll, we'll wait and see. But if, if someone does do it, I think, I think it would be a good thing. Um, again, we've all, I think we're all in agreement that we want the best players in the world to play together. Um, and I think it may, in order to get there, in order to get that, to get to that point, we may have to take a drop in um, the quality of play for a year or two um, to get guys to buy into one tour or one the the other tour or or the the biggest tour. But um, I think in the end of the day, if we do get the right group that is organized and wants to work with the PGA Tour or the European Tour, and that's the key, in my, in my opinion. If you want to make um, something like this work, you, you've got to be willing to work with the best tour in the world. You can't, you can't come at it from a combative standpoint like Greg Norman did with the Saudi tour. It was like it was too, it was too combative. Like you, you, you are, you're, you're the bottom feeder here, Greg. I mean, I'll be honest, you know, and I, he is a, is a billionaire. I mean, he's a smart guy. But I don't think he went at it the right way. And I think he let his ego get the best of him here. If he had gone to the PJ Tour and said, hey, I want to do this. I want to make it. I want to do it the right way. I want to create a, another tour that gives these guys like six to eight to 10 to 12 events that they can play in. Um, full field events, not WGC events. Those things are bullshit. Anybody who Anyone who thinks that they are good events is not paying attention to the best players in the world playing together. You get 70 guys playing, no cut. There's no pressure. It, it's free money. It's a, it's a crock of shit. Well, that's, what all these, that's what all these other alternate tours are going to be. They, well, in the it, current format of what we know. Not necessarily. The, of what the we know. Set, of what we know. The way that's set, yeah, set up right now, yes. But if we were to get a... A, a another tour, a higher end tour that's full field events, 156, 144 guys, full field events, the best players in the world playing. That's there, there's pressure there, and it's it makes it worthwhile to watch. We we have very few events in the course of the year that we have the best players in the world playing in a full field event. We don't have it. The WGC the WGC events are it's bullshit. It's a crock of shit. It is. I don't care if you can say whatever you want. If you put me in a 70 man event, a 70 man field event with no cut and I get four rounds to play, there's no pressure there. It's free. It's free money. Well, get ready. That's where that's where it's headed. And so even it might even be more on the PGA Tour. That that's if, where it's if it goes there, if it goes there, that's going to suck. Yeah. That's going to suck. Well, you, had, you had brought up the boy that I want to talk about next. And this is, again, we'll kind of end Saudi talk here and all this alternate tour talk but i just got a chuckle out of the letter that norman sent and then published out this letter he sent to monahan you know the first line surely you jest and surely your lords at the pga tour must be holding their breath i don't know i just chuckled reading this thing from norman because he is like you said jay egotistical he's just got an axe to grind against the pga tour and he's letting his emotions get in the way of Mm -hmm. how he's trying to run this saudi thing just because he's pissed from 25 years ago um at Tim Fincham and those guys. And it's just like, I don't know. The whole thing was just kind of poorly written. And I was like, you're, I'm like, Greg, you're the one that's not, if, if you're so confident that your tour is going to happen 
in that the PGA Tour can't ban these players. I, you wouldn't have to send a letter like this. You're yeah. the one that's nervous, yeah. right? Because the Great. day before, they had the player meeting, and Jay Monahan stood up at this player meeting that was a mandatory meeting uh, and said to the guys, all right, I'm enough. I'm sick of this Saudi tour. If you want to go, go. There's a door. Take off and go. So Monahan doesn't seem to be too concerned if he's telling guys to just go because he must know he must it's feel confident happen. in his in his information and in his legal backing in what he's heard from the players that no one's going. So he's like telling people go and then Norman's sending these stupid threatening letters. It's like, well, it sounds like you're the one that's nervous, Greg. I don't know why you're trying to act all tough. Well, sounds like I, you know your your tour's fallen I think piece I by think, piece. I think the guys um you know, again, I'm I'm coming from a not from the PGA Tour standpoint. I'm coming from a you know just a golf tournament, you know, professional golf tournament standpoint. Like guys, if they're looking for tours, they want consistency, they want transparency, they want everything to be out in the open, and they want I'm not going to say guarantees, but they want as close to a guarantee as they can get. And I don't think that Greg has provided any of those things. Like there's nothing that he has provided that's been a guarantee. Nothing uh, that's been clear and, and concise. There's no transparency with anything that he said for the Saudi league. So, uh, I, you know, how are guys going to throw away their career on the PJ tour and take a chance on, if you want to start a new tour or a new business venture, you need to really, you need to, you need to, you need to sell them like, Hey, these are the details. This is what we've got. This is why it's going to work. Like, Give them every reason to accept it, not every reason to question you. And I feel like all these guys are, they, Greg has done nothing but give them every reason to question what they're, what he's doing. Like there's, there's nothing concrete. There's nothing in stone. And it's there's so many things up in the air. It's hard for these guys to commit. And I think that's why you've seen, you know, eight to 10 of these guys kind of backtrack. Um, and you know, yeah, I think, Phil, I think he he's seen Phil, it slip away, and he's just yeah. overreacting now. Yeah, hundred percent. So, all right, do we want to get into the Morgan Hoffman story? Jay, did you do your homework? Did you ever read this article? I I only read like a couple paragraphs. I'm terrible. I'm it's sorry. a long article. It is a long article, but I, I do want you to fill in fill us in on it. All right, McLean, you you were the one that sent this to me. Came up on your radar, and then I had a couple other guys send it to me. So if you don't know, Morgan Hoffman was number one amateur in the world, stud collegiate player out of Oklahoma State, played with Ricky Fowler, got on the PGA Tour. Did he, I, I should know this. Did he win at all? I'm not sure if he no, I, mean, I don't once, think he ever won. I don't know if he ever won. Anyways, he noticed, actually it goes back to college. He noticed his right peck started to basically shrink. And he didn't really think anything of it. The guy was a very healthy guy. Worked out a bunch, ate well, worked hard on his game, and it started to get worse and worse and worse. And he noticed he started to get slower swing speed. The speed wasn't there anymore. And it took him years and years to figure out what was wrong. He started to go to all kinds of doctors, um, put himself in the hospital for five days and said, I want you guys to run pretty much every test that you can, a battery of tests. And an a office full of doctors looked at him and said, we don't know what's wrong with you. Long story short, he gets finally diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. 
there's a couple of different versions. This is the version where it, it doesn't shorten your lifespan. There's one version of muscular dystrophy that will pretty much end your life pretty quick. This one, he can live a long life, but his body is going to kind of slowly deteriorate and his strength is just going to go away. And mm. he didn't like the options he was hearing. They basically said, you don't have a cure. This is what it is. It's going to happen. You know, got to deal with it. So he's basically gone on this adventure, him and his wife of, you know, he, he says he doesn't want to call it alternate medicine because it's been, he, he's going back to the hundreds of thousands of years old ways of doing things. He went on a grape cleanse. He ate 800 grapes a day. When he was living in Jupiter, he had to go to Whole Foods and clear them out every day of their grapes. And he's gone to Nepal. He's gone to all these clinics. He was drinking his own urine, which is just unreal to me. Uh, rubbing it on his gums, like all kinds of stuff. And he now lives in Costa Rica with his wife, living this kind of holistic lifestyle. He says he's getting better. He says he's getting ready. He still has some sponsors exemption or some uh, medical exemptions left with the PGA tour that he's going to try to come back even this year. And I don't know. It just, it was very refreshing to hear some of his comments and his quotes after we just get done talking about these egotistical, arrogant blowhards who just want a bunch more money on the PGA tour. When this guy has a completely different perspective, again, a very different way of going about it. That's not going to be, right for everyone to go about it and i don't know it was just it was just fascinating it was a little refreshing to hear not that it would ever be something that i would probably do but who knows if i got into a situation where someone said hey you know your way of living is done you might go searching for something and dig deep and and try to find different ways of going about it it was it was pretty cool to see yeah i mean i think you're absolutely right if you have doctors and everyone that you've gone to telling you one thing and your only other option is this or at least one of your alternative options is this other than sitting around and just letting it happen i, I think you got to search for it man I, I i'm glad he was fortunate to be in a situation because of golf that he can go do that you know yeah, you're right did, exactly you know, he made a little over $6 million on tour. He did not win, but he played in 162 events and made six mil. Um, you know, that's still, still a pretty good career for a lot of guys out there. Yeah. And he had, um, he was smart with the sponsor dollars. And I didn't realize he's part owner of got an ownership stake in Grayson, the apparel company that he helped start. So yeah. he still got funds coming in from that, you know, lives in this beautiful, I guess not beautiful, but a huge place at the top of this mountain in Costa Rica. Um, to allow him to kind of live this lifestyle without having to have an income. And yeah, it was, it's remarkable. Yeah. He said we, his uh, exemptions expire at the end of this year. So he has to play this year. Um, so we will see him at some point. And, you know, it's, it's a cool story. I mean, it's uh get out there living a little bit of the hippie life and living free. Man, I, I can't get mad at him. It's good work if you can get it, but you know, all the other stuff is, you know, a, a little bit different, but, I don't think until you can, you've been put in that situation, you can really judge that. You know, I, I think he's doing whatever he feels is the best thing for him and his wife. And, you know, I hope it, I hope it works. I mean, I think the best case for all scenarios is that it does work. Um, that's certainly going to open the doors for some natural medicine and some healing moving forward. And maybe it's a good thing. And it changes the way people look at this particular disease. 
You know, he may be going the right way about being Phil Mickelson. He may end up a visionary one day with what he's doing. You know, Phil didn't, ha- he handled it poorly. <laughs> Morgan's handling his situation really well. So yeah. And he's trying to, it works out. He's trying to buy some land and, and um, build a clinic there to help people in all, in all kinds of facets of life, whether it's just uh, meditation or, or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. I mean, guy doesn't wear shoes anymore. I just, I'm just curious how he'll, That's crazy. he'll adjust to tour life when he's back out there playing on these exemptions. Like it's going to be a different world for him. And he might get out there and be like, man, I love golf, but do I, I don't like this lifestyle because yeah. his lifestyle is as different as it gets. And that might be almost get him more than his ability to play the game of golf. It might be, I got to wear shoes. I have to do this. Like, what kind of food do they have? Like, where am I eating? How am I getting this? Like, he's just out there. I feel like that could almost be his his downside to not making it again on the PGA Tour. Not so much his his health or his Still ability. Sense. Yeah, it's just how do I deal with going from that being so isolated and in the jungle of Costa Rica to then. Yeah, it's a playing the social, John Deere Classic, you know, pretty social event. I mean, I know it's an, it's an individual sport, but like the professional golf is a very social sport, like with sponsors and you know programs and so forth. Like you have to be ready to interact with people, like nonstop, you know, nonstop. So, so. anyways, I, I thought it was awesome. It, it was very again, very refreshing, kind of based off of a lot of the discussions we've had to see a different way of, of thinking and dedication. And just like, he's like, I don't care about all that kind of stuff. And he talked about like, man, I, I used to have all the nice cars and party all the time and get all these girls. And he's like, that stuff's just not important to me anymore. No. And it's it just, it was good to hear. So again, hopefully we wanted to give that a few minutes. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. And um, hopefully you had a chance to go read it. Uh, Daniel Rappaport did a, uh, awesome job going down there to, to cover it. He also did um, Golf Digest. If you haven't read it and you want a Cliff Notes version, Golf Digest, uh, Daniel did a podcast about it uh, called Local oh. Knowledge is the Golf Digest podcast. And he kind of did an audio version of the article with some actual quotes for, uh, with Morgan and in interviews and him and his wife. And it was just just cool. So go go listen to that or read the article if you can. And uh, hopefully we'll see him out there at some point. I know we'll we'll point it out when we see him uh, in the field for an event. So let's uh, let's get to our picks. We got Bay Hill, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, uh, fun event that I always love watching. You know, it stinks that Arnie's not around anymore for it, but I've had a chance to play the golf course a couple of times, so that's I was a little more intrigued when I have played some of these places and and watched them. It's Got tons of ryegrass overseed. They've been really growing up the rough the last couple of years, and it sounds like it's going to be thick and juicy this week as well. Plays tough. A lot of European winners in uh, recent years, other than Bryson last year. He's your defending champ, but like I said, he's WD'd. No longer in the field. Got a good little stretch there with uh, 16, 17, 18 to kind of cap off the the event with a little drama. So who, uh, who wants to go first? I am really, really pleased with my team. Well, let's hear it. I'm going to go fresh off a tied third on the DraftKings this week. So I got that didn't pay out. It was only top two, right? 
Uh, top three. I made actually I lost ten cents because I was tied for third. Uh, Payout <laughs> was nine dollars and ninety cents after my ten dollar entry. I uh, lost ten cents. Okay. Okay. It's fair. Okay. So I went. There's a lot of good names playing. You have um, number one player in the world, John Rahm. You got um, McElroy, Hovland, Scheffler, Matsuyama, Zalatoris. So some big, big names playing. I didn't pick any of the big names. I went kind of all middle of the road. A lot of great ball strikers and a lot of players with good history here at Bay Hill. So my bottom uh, two both guys are at 7,500. Uh, first one is Luke List. Just one on a tough golf course at Torrey Pines. Drives the ball well, hits the ball well, which you're going to need with that tough rough at Bay Hill. And been playing well, so I like Luke List. Then I picked him last week. Didn't have a great weekend, but Chris Kirk finished seventh. Again, another good ball striker and loves Bay Hill. Has um, a whole bunch of top 15 finishes there i think he's got one missed cut but then like every other event that he's played at bay hill has been like top 20 so i like chris kirk then another guy i picked last week as well just been having an awesome year and um i think he's gonna finally break through hopefully soon because i do like him keith mitchell drives the ball well just had a top 10 finish had a couple top 15s already this year so playing well plays tough golf courses well Played well at Genesis, Riviera, and Honda. Tough golf courses. So I like Keith Mitchell, 8,100. Then in the next three are my English conglomerate here. I got uh, Paul Casey, $8,300. Played well at Genesis. Again, hits the ball well. Plays well at Bay Hill. I think he finished top 10 last year. Then I go Matt Fitzpatrick. He had a WD from Genesis, for, but it was just an illness. It wasn't um, an injury. But 10th at Waste Management, 5th at Pebble. Again, plays well here, hits it well. I like Fitzpatrick. And then won two years ago, uh, 9,300. Terrell Hatton likes Bay Hill. Great course knowledge and hits it well. So a lot of middle-of-the-road guys for me. None of the horses, none of the dark sleepers. But just guys have been playing well this year, play tough golf courses well, and have some success at Bay Hill. So I like my squad. Like it. Well, I started off, I'm going to go with my high dollar guy first. Uh, a guy who I think just quietly is consistently in contention, uh, Mr. Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah. Um, moving down from there, a guy who's been playing really well as of late, and Mr. Billy Horschel. Yeah. Um, another guy trending in the right direction. Keith Mitchell, also on your team, Mike. Won't go into any more details there. Um, Maverick McNeely, nine out of ten cuts, two top tens this year. I got him down there at seventy-eight. Uh, world beater Tommy Fleetwood. He hadn't been playing great, but he he's starting to trend back in that right direction. The guy who's comfortable on the big stage and has played in a lot of golf tournaments. I think he's going to play well out there. And then it's crazy that we're looking at him as a dark horse pick. But I think he is – we're starting to see some signs of life from him, and I think he's going to get it back together this week. I'm going Ricky Fowler. Wow. Mm, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for Ricky Fowler always. Yep. I like that guy. I think he's a, he's a good dude. Speaking of Ricky Fowler, a little side note here. My, so my family lives down by the Honda Classic, so I was able to get them some tickets 
on Saturday. Thanks to founder member Danny Ellis, who builds the grandstands at the Honda. Like one he builds, of the great, greatest guys of all time. One of the greatest guys of all time. I mean, I'm just saying. And is turning the 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 bear trap there at 17 and 16. His grandstands are are yeah. becoming a mini mini phoenix. Anyways, yeah. he was nice enough to help me out and and get my family some tickets. And my sister has a little crush on Ricky Fowler. Yeah. So they get there early in the morning. They seek him out on Saturday, and she sends me a picture of this guy like bending over. I'm like, what am I looking at? And then I got the picture before I got her actual text. And she's like, oh, Ricky Fowler's ass. Great way to start my Saturday morning. I'm like, seriously? Really? You're sending me a picture of Ricky Fowler's ass right now? So anyways, uh, I, I root for Ricky just because my sister does. So That's awesome. Hopefully for different reasons. Yes, different reasons. Sorry. All right, Jay Bird, who do you have? Um, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, all right, I'll start from the bottom. Uh, 6,900 bucks. I got Aaron wise, you know, he hadn't played great. Uh, he has the game for this kind of golf course, but he, he hasn't does, played great. He does have the game for this kind of golf course. Um, you know, I wish I could give you some type of really awesome insight as to this, but I, I looked at a couple different articles and they all said that, you know, Hey, he's going to play well here. So, I mean, he hasn't played well of late. I mean, he's missed three of the last four cuts, and the one cut he made, he finished 67th. So nothing spectacular, but um, here he is. He's the right price. So I'm going to give him a shot. Um, I'm going to bump up to Keith Mitchell. Obviously, uh, McLean, you put him in the list there. So I don't need to explain why. Three of us got Keith Mitchell. Yeah. Oh, you picked Keith as well? Yeah. Yeah. Coming off of a course that he is obviously won, he won at uh, the Honda and has, has had some good finishes. So, um, you know, maybe he's bringing some good vibes with him. But um, uh, next up, I've got don't even know how to say his last name, but uh, Christian Bazendahut. 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 Uh, he's finished seventh and 18th at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And as of recent, 25th last week, he did have a missed cut at Genesis and then 14th at Pebble. So, you know, for the price price point, not bad. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood is next. Uh, you guys have already commented on Tommy. Good ball striker. He's played well there. Um, then I jump up to our, uh, to Will, Zal- Will Zalatoris. Um, he's finished 10th here once. He's only played once. Um, so take that for what it is. Um, but decent, decent, decent play as of late in the last four events. He's played well. Um, so we'll give him a shot. Uh, Sung JM missed the cut last week. That was surprising. Super disappointed with that, but he has played well, played well at the, uh, API. So 21st, third, third in the last three events. So, yeah, I mean, shit, we'll give him a shot. And there you go. That's it. That's the fastest I've ever done my picks. There you go. Where am I? What a job. Where am I? Just round of applause, tip of the cap. Yeah. I mean, gosh, that was Um, so fast. Well, that's it for us, folks. The uh, second go-round was not as good. Not too bad. Better, Actually, better than I thought. I thought the second go-round was going to be pretty pitiful. But we did better than I thought. 
Well, tough part, you're trying to trying to remember everything that you said before, and then you start yeah. stuttering over it because you're trying to remember where, where you put those words. Yeah, like, yeah. I know I had a good point last time. I just yeah. can't remember what it this how, time. How did I make that point? Yeah. Which one was it? Yeah. Last point was so good. Where was I with that? So, again, something else you guys can all, all make fun of me for. But, yeah, I fucked up again. Didn't record. <laughs> caused, caused Jay to drink too much. And this is where we're at. Here I am. <laughs> Get in where you fit in. And McLean's still sober. Water all night. Yep. Man. Here we go. Jealous. I'm jealous that you, you made it through. Only water. <laughs> all right, gents. Again, to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, enjoy the Arnold Palmer Invitational. We'll be back next week. Cheers. <laughs>